0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of Tales from a Vet Tech with me, Tabitha Cuera. This is an amazing episode. I am talking to Kirsty Oliver, badass CVT, CCRP, CVPP, VTS, and physical rehab. All about physical rehab and pain management, including things that you can do in general practice and in shelter to help advocate for your patients and advocate towards multimodal pain management. So I enjoyed this conversation so much. I hope you guys do too. Christy, I am so excited to have you on. It is Pain Awareness Month, everybody. It and is. Who better to speak to Ooh. than badass <laughs> rehab technician Christy <laughs> Oliver? So mm-hmm. thank you so much for being here today.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Ooh. Look, I'm supporting my NC State Wolfpack. Shirt. I know. I saw
0: that you had your <laughs> NC State hood or er, sweatshirt on, and I was like, of course she has that on.
1: I'm uh, not of judging, course. but of course
0: she has that on. So (laughs) to get started, I figured I'll just ask you about your career path and what, because we all have our niches and paths, which we've talked Mm. a lot about on this podcast, because we're all beautiful individuals, but what, describe your career path and what drew you to rehab?
1: Blimey. (laughs) (laughs) Heavy, 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 heavy. heavy. Not a loaded question anyway. I think it was less a path and more like, God, I don't know. It was like, felt like an uphill hike, (laughs) But you know, yeah, it's (laughs) I think there's a lot that I mean, I do a lot of Reiki. So, you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, if your gut and your heart are telling you to do something, then you should do it. So you don't want to look back, you know, sort of five years later and be like, what if, what if? So I started off and I shan't say when, because it's going to date me and I'm going to sound like a dinosaur, but um, I was a receptionist. I was the first, my first job as a receptionist in a veterinary practice in the local practice down in in the UK from the town that I came from. And I was a receptionist for three months. I was accepted onto um, the nursing program with the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons. And I did that as a day release. So I would work during the week and then two days a week, I would work a half day and they would release me to college uh, twice a week. So I was working and putting what I knew, what I was learning into practice. Um, My nursing degree took me two years, I realized that I absolutely had a thing about anatomy and physiology, surgery, anesthesia. And I was, you know, I kind of sort of like shuffling towards that, you know, general direction. And um, we had an orthopedic surgeon that used to come in and do some part time stuff with us. And I got more involved with that. And then did my advanced diploma in surgical nursing with the Royal College. And that took me another four years. And then I was part of the teaching program. So around the time that I sort of left to come to the States, they were, the Royal college was changing how veterinary nurses learnt what they did. And they turned, turned it into what was called um, national vocational qualification. So it's more, it's, you know, classroom training, but a lot of on the job training and all of the trainers had to go through training themselves. So there was a lot of trainers training the trainees that were training the trainees. It was like, what? Um, And I was one step away from getting my teaching degree because I was teaching, you know, nurses how to do their thing. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? And I was doing more paperwork than I was what I Mm. actually adored. And I hit a certain birthday and got a laptop for my birthday and got hooked up to the internet. And I ended up on the Belray Institute of Veterinary Medicine out in Colorado. I ended up on their website and there was a little job board that said, wanted surgical veterinary technician and I was like what's that then?" <laughs> um so I applied I applied and I ended up coming over for a long weekend and I interviewed with them and they offered me the job before I left and you know my heart was saying okay we have to think about this this is a big right. step man you know you know sit back and I went yes <laughs> and then I had to come home and tell me mom oh <laughs> But it was about six months. I got my visa and I had a one-way ticket. And I was like, Jesus Christ, what have I done? (laughs) I've given up
0: everything. To go work in New Jersey in all places. Uh, I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I started there and then I was a surgery and anesthesia nurse. And I was doing what I loved and it was crazy. And then they started, they uh University of Tennessee started doing the rehab class and I was like what's that then (laughs) and off I went like dawdling on another little direction and here here I am. Love it and that's yeah I mean the universe has opened doors you've just got to have the gonads to step through and my mom always said I was born with a brass set so.
0: (laughs) Oh I love it oh gosh.
1: (laughs) So here I am like rehabbing in my 17th year Amazing. Um, of just rehab alone, pay management, um, now teaching the new CCAT program with NC State, um, which is absolutely mind-blowing. <laughs> I, just, I still cannot get that through my head. Very but...
0: well-deserved position there. Oh, to have sweetheart,
1: you. thank you. And yeah, I don't know. I think they've just I don't think they know what they signed up. They're like,
0: oh That's yeah. That's where that did. imposter syndrome sneaks up on all of it us, does. you guys. Christie's amazing badass just based on what you've heard. You don't even maybe know all the amazing things she does. And she's like, I'm still taking it in this amazing position where they're lucky to have me.
1: I I I really honest to God, I don't think they know what they've signed up. <laughs> I think they signed up the accent and didn't realize that there was a lot of like crazy crap attached to it. You sound
0: so intelligent. No.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's got all those initials after her name. Yeah, (laughs) it's called looking at your alphabetty spaghetti in the morning and thinking, oh, look, BTS, that looks good. I'll have one of them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So that is awesome. Were you planning on moving to the States or were you just, did you just happen to see that and you're like, well, this might be a fun opportunity. And then option made number the decision two based on that
1: option number two. Oh, okay. I wasn't looking to do anything. I was just looking to see what was out there. And, you're you know, so when you're brave, on the, I don't
0: even know I'm brave. You but, know, oh my gosh. I everybody
1: don't know I said that. that. And I was like, it just felt like the right thing to do. Now, I'm not yeah. saying there are lots of things that feel like the right thing to do. And they're probably not. But <laughs> it my gut was, you know, I it felt like the right thing to do. And you know what? My family were great. And they said, if, you know, the worst thing that happens is you hate it, you come home.
0: And that's a wonderful I, I've been a, I I mean I I'm 38 it took me a minute to start applying that in my life <laughs> oh,
1: not gonna you're,
0: lie,
1: a, you're a baby you're I've, a baby
0: oh I love you for saying that baby
1: um, oh no I've got and I'm gonna have to sit down and calculate it because you know I've got at least what do you shit in her head I've got, yeah I, this is what happens when you don't use like veterinary arithmetic on a daily basis <laughs> for calculating CRIs your brain hardens oh, God. you know it's not something that we do <laughs>
0: about like i apply that all the time like if i i do say yes a lot to be fair and i'm very open to putting myself out there but <laughs> if i'm getting horribly nervous about something i literally think about the worst case scenario yeah and then i go a few people think my lecture sucked who cares like which yeah. ne- to be fair <laughs> never happens which is pretty awesome but that's like, awesome worst case scenario and then you think about it and you're like it's not really that bad and then it's been helping me a lot in the last year or two. Again, I'm late to the game. Christy's a, like way ahead. No, but no, like she said, no. she's been doing this a lot longer than me. So thankfully, she can share her life lessons.
1: <laughs> okay, now you're making me sound like an old person. No, you're I am not an old, old. person. You have beautiful I life lessons. am. I am old. Like, you know, there's been a ridiculous amount. I mean, most people my age are starting to like think about retirement. And it's, yeah, I'm like no, I've still got stuff to do. Thanks. <laughs> we don't need to fit into ideas. a box,
0: dude. I, I told my husband he knows. Like, I'm probably not gonna retire. Um, for, no. like that—that that isn't a. But ideally, you should have a retirement plan. But I'm just saying, like, I, I love my job so much, and I was just yes. telling Kirsty that I am seeing a physical therapist right now, <laughs> and uh a human one, and I am doing everything I possibly can stretching running uh work strength training trying to eat healthy because I like I always say this about senior cats it's not mm. normal for your cat or your dog age is not a disease for them not, age to play is
1: not a disease party
0: but when I'm 70 I'm still gonna be going to shows I may not be stage diving it might look eh. different but different. I know I might be I might mean you thinking. might be yeah Let's break an arm today yeah <laughs> or a hip that, let's take, yeah, my poor hips are already messed up when I'm so young. But on that beautiful segue, since everyone might not understand the amazing importance of rehab, what are some benefits? I know it's so hard because you can t- probably talk about it for hours. What are some Watch benefits out. of rehab? I know we got to tell people, spread the word, girl.
1: It's, I mean, it's, I think people forget that you know if we tear a cruciate or if we have a hip replacement or if we have any kind of surgery you know the gold standard for human medicine is is physical therapy and being that that is a protected where you know on the human side you know we have physical rehabilitation you know so why why are our patients why are our pets any different you know we want we see a lot of you know, cases that come in with, you know, cruciate ruptures and right. we wanna you know, we wanna get them back to full function. And that's basically what we do is is we return the pet to its previous normal function. So and it you know, previous normal function can be different for so many different things, you know cats are unique they have their own form and function because of their flexibility you know they have a lot of jumping power you know they can play the cello you know <laughs> there's there's so many things that cats can do that dogs can't but then you know there are so many subcategories of like the dog world there's our sporting dogs where i work i'm absolutely privileged and honored to work with so many of our canine heroes our canine officers you know and their job you want to talk about canine athletes holy oh, cow yeah you know, getting them back to work is is next level thinking about what their bodies are up to. And, you know, it's it's a toolbox that I have, you know, and I'm blessed to have been given the opportunity to be taught, educated, learned, trained, however you want to call it, on all of these things that I can put in a toolbox that I take with me every day. And each one of my patients comes in and I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to use on them? You know, it doesn't, it's not a Yes, every TPLO gets this and every FHO gets that. You know, it's what what are they telling me? You know, where are their spasms? Where can I help? And for me personally, it comes down to biomechanics. You know, if the body is not functioning normally, then you can do every exercise known to man and you're not going to make any difference. You have to take the time to fix the biomechanics, the soft tissues, the muscle atrophy, the tightness, the trigger points, the range of motion, but most importantly, the pain. If you don't get rid of the pain, you, you, you're starting, you're not starting from anywhere. So pain, function, range of motion, and then muscle mass and weight bearing all come naturally, because all of these other things have sectioned into place. So, you know, we have this wonderful toolbox of like equipment, manual therapy, massage, range of motion, you know, all of the, tools that we get to use like the piezoelectric shockwave you know we've got class 4 laser therapeutic ultrasound you know e-stim you know we've got all that you know but these right here these are the biggest investment that you'll ever make these and this she's
0: showing her hands and her she's pointing to her brain <laughs> we're on a zoom recording so i can see her beautiful face
1: uh, <laughs> hands and brain those you know, are the biggest investments critical the,
0: thinking y'all we talk yeah, about it constantly on this podcast. Yeah. So. The tools are helpful, but you have to look at the individual patient. And
1: Absolutely change that plan
0: based on what they're showing us. And um yeah. when it comes to physical rehab, Christy mentioned obviously the the range of things that are out there. Obviously, mm-hmm. electronic therapies, acupuncture, manual therapy, massage. I mean, there's so many things. There's treadmills and things too. Uh there's but all it's sorts funny. of fun things. Yeah. It's funny because I think everyone thinks of treadmills when they think of rehab and I'm
1: weird. Because it's, you know, everybody wants to, you know, the biggest thing, you know, if I ever lecture on rehab, everyone wants to see dogs in water or cats in water. That's
0: interesting. See, I'm I'm triggered by cats in water because I'm like, (laughs) they could have used treats to lure that cat and they could have started with a smaller amount of warm water and then gradually increase the water instead of just throwing the cat. I'm not saying everyone does that, guys, but in the videos Uh I've seen... Yes they have. Yes <laughs> they have. have. Place cats just in the water, like, oh, this is fine. They need the rehab. Sorry, I'm getting on No, so no, y'all?
1: no, no. It's absolutely fine. You know, we're very proud where I work. We are all everybody in rehab is fifth rep, uh certified. At least level one. There's a handful of us. Like me. Um <laughs> I'm an I'm an elite. I'm an elite, so I, you know, I've done all my, and it it plays such an important role in how we have the way we touch our
0: patients, dude. Like it is such, and for rehab, it's yes, because everything we
1: do is touch. And I gave I was at Fetch in Kansas City over the weekend, and I gave a lecture on rehab and fear free, and it was extremely well attended, and. I was very pleased, very pleased, but it's super, it's super, super important. You know, pain, anxiety, and fear all play a part in the body's homeostasis, you know, and you have stress, you've got cortisols, you've got, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that happen with stress and fear, and it all relates to pain. And, you know, we're very good about pain management in general but we're not so good about the fear anxiety and stress management yeah which also goes along with the pain
0: it's similar in human med we're getting like I like focus on the positive we are getting better but it we is getting better hard for me to see and again this is not you you're but <laughs> I do see I was just talking to Christy about this where I struggle because I do know some rehab professionals who utilize a lot of Force and traditional restraint, and I yeah. really, really struggle with that. um But, yeah, like you said, the importance of how we touch our patients, minimizing yeah. their fear and stress, and then their pain. And another beautiful segue, yeah. So it's dee 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 it's pain dee dee awareness dee month. Is obviously pain is, awareness. Happy month. pain awareness month. Um, and pain is something that is very close to both me and Kirstie's hearts. Uh, Amen to that. Canine and. Because don't get me started about how people don't realize that cats, I know people realize cats have pain, but the amount of resources that clients are given to help their pets is yes. very minimized, even though those resources are available. So, and part of that yes. is probably just not knowing, of course, Yes. um, but educate, well, mul- yes, educate multimodal pain management is so important because yes. pain management, if it's not multimodal, it's not appropriate. That's it's a not, very straight, like Tamara Grubb says, who's my, like, she's amazing. I love and her
1: two pieces. She, she's so wonderful.
0: And I remember she said that in a lecture and I'm like, someone finally fucking said it. Just yeah. be direct. Like, yep. it's not pain management if it's not multimodal. And she's it's uh, not.
1: And, you, you know, I think a lot of us, I mean, you know, especially with um, Tasha and her anesthesia notes, oh, I yeah. mean, I yeah. think everyone is doing such a, it's still room for improvement, I think, on everybody's part, but everyone's doing such a better job of a multimodal approach to anesthesia, no, which is great. So why, why isn't pain management being thought of in the same way? It is multimodal. You know, you don't just toss Rimadyl at it and, you know, come back and see me in two weeks. You know, there are so many other things. You know, there are so many complex mechanisms within the body that we need to address. You know, there's pain associated with surgery Pain associated with arthritis. You know, there's wind up pain, there's allodynia, you know, there's chronic pain, acute pain, and all of these things have to be treated differently. You know, one size doesn't fit all. And, you know, you've got an, yet another toolbox that comes out. And, you know, what can I use in my toolbox that will help that patient? Do we have allodynia? You know, do we have wind up? Why do we have wind up? How can I address the wind up and then make all the rest of the pain? kind of melt into the background, you know. I'm going to
0: do treatments and then I'm going to assess the pain. Yes. And teach the client how to assess the pain yes. and then come back versus like you said, here's some Rimadyl. Yes. I call the client, the client says the dog's fine, which we all know that's a bad word. Uh, yes. And but the, we didn't tell the client what pain looks like and we don't yes. do a reassessment of the pain, which who knows yes. if the Rimadyl's even touching that dog. Yes. Realistically, based on whatever and injury especially- they have.
1: And especially if it's, if you know, we talk about osteoarthritis, I mean, yeah. you know, that's the biggest pain in the backside, you know, to dogs and cats is yeah. osteoarth- osteoarthritic pain. And it's the one source of pain that will lead to chronic windup. And, you know, you expose the body to a low grade noxious or non, you know, noxious stimuli for long enough, and it's going to create physiological changes within the body, the brain and the spinal cord. And normal things that don't have to be painful like you know petting cuddling your kitty you know uh, you do not want to pink kitty up who has allodynia because it will rip you a new one yeah you know so you're like is your cat trying to tell you something is your dog trying to tell you something so how do we address that you know that is such a complex multimodal approach to take to osteoarthritic care you know it's it's not just pain management but it's also rehab and it's integrative therapies and it's talking with your veterinarian and you know that will also segue us on (laughs) to another bit um, hopefully a little bit later when i can introduce you to something that um i've been working on with some friends of mine in the uk Ooh. um which i will be happy to launch on your podcast in a little bit um Spoiler, but I'm- i yes. love the uk
0: Spoiler. and to be fair i have to give props to the uk cuz you guys know i love my cats and they <laughs> have been way ahead of the game uh yeah. for fe- in feline medicine for yeah. quite a long time i that
1: comes down to you know like bringing you know i mean the fda has a lot yeah you know, to do with you know regulating and stuff. To be and fair, I mean
0: the cats in the UK, the the culture view of cats is very different in yes. the UK than it is in the US. Yeah. So that's probably a big part of that too. But I have to give yeah. props to the UK, you guys, because <laughs> they they have amazing things. So we since do. rehab is so important in multimodal management, mm. obviously you work at a rehab, your life is rehab, you teach yes. rehab, which if you can ever see a lecture from <laughs> Percy Oliver yeah. Do not miss it. But
1: um, <laughs> sweet.
0: <Sweetheart>. because <laughs> we understand that, again, being in vet med or even shelter med, mm. we can't be the best at everything, but it is yeah. important to learn about everything. So yeah. as far as in general practice or even in shelter med, if you do mm-hmm. have any suggestions, what can technicians do in clinic to help their patients when it comes to applying some of these approaches for multi multimodal pain management?
1: Oh, she says, wringing her hands with absolute glee. There is, uh, you know what, there's so much, you know, that support stuff in general, it doesn't just come down to like our vet techs, it comes down to our assistants, our CSRs. Definitely. You know, it becomes a team approach. You know, um, obviously, IVAPM with, um, you know, Pain Awareness Month, if you go to IVAPM.org, you can download some absolutely killer infographics that you can post up around the clinic. Um, you know, in the waiting room, you can do like email, you can do like an email um flyer thing, you know, like to get the conversation started, plant
0: some seeds in the client's head. Yeah,
1: get them to recognize, you know, could your pet be in pain? You know, utilizing the CSU, the Colorado scales pain scales um the brilliant new grimace scale for cats there's
0: an app i love it
1: (laughs) there's an app for that yeah (laughs) Um, there is an app for that it 's absolutely brilliant. you know Cats are masters of disguise, and if they do not want you to know something, they will keep it to themselves mm-hmm. and Pain is one of those, and you know but their bodies will exhibit these little subtle signs of you know i 'm trying very hard to keep all this inside me, but my whiskers are giving it away <gasps> you know so using the grimace scale, we can look at ha- you know facial features to determine what level of pain a cat is in. And I think that's a, a really unique and novel way of, you know, of determining whether or not a cat is in pain. And then how do we go about treating that, you know, bring it to the attention, you know, of your attending veterinarian and say, look, you know, based on this, you know, this nifty new scale that I happen to have downloaded, I noticed that Fluffy has a feline grimace scale of three, should we be giving it some meds or, you know, a CC loops, a CC lounges, you know, targeted PMF is absolutely amazing. It's clinically proven. It's anti-inflammatory. It can be used in just about anything, even in cases of cancer you know cats you know dogs are very fortunate they've got 101 things that they can take medically but cats yeah we're
0: we're a little limited they're
1: a little limited but you know the Assisi loop for cat arthritis is is great we've got acupuncture we've got piezo you know electric um Shockwave. There's so many things that we can use, but I think you know, getting technicians and assistants and CSRs to recognizing pain and discomfort is gonna be key. And you know, especially during Pain Awareness Month, you know, we really have a push to kind of you know become an advocate, become a pet pain advocate, become a pet pain warrior. You know, understand what pain is. You know, if you are a vet tech, you know, become a CVPP, which is a Certified Veterinary Pain Practitioner you know, that sets you above to be like, you know, it. you wear a cloak, you know, you are a pain, you are a pain warrior. And, you know, it's, it's an absolutely amazing certification, you know, to have that, you know, in a, a great boast for your clinic to say, you know, we have a clinical pain practitioner, and you know, as part of our team, looking out for our pets and our, you know, for our patients, you know, that's a huge kudos. And there are a lot of CVPPs that I know that I'm Chuffed to know you know that our technicians you know and you know we're on the front lines you know our doctors are very busy you know they're running around from room to room seeing multiple cases and you know we're the ones that are doing the actual treatment so when it comes to patient care you know we are the front line
0: yeah
1: and you know the better we educate ourselves and the better we help educate others you know the better it is for our patients you know knowledge knowledge is is a disease in itself and it it does not deserve a cure cuz it needs to be spread. I
0: love it. Oh my she has all these zingers you guys. she has all these like I was just telling her all these life lessons. Uh, I love it. But it's I think that that's, I think that that's a really good point like the a great place to start which might sound like an obvious one but I agree with her it is a very big problem at as us as veterinary professionals, CSRs, as assistants, or I work with a lot of shelters. And a big part mm-hmm. of what I do is, especially because I see so many behavioral issues that are caused by pain, guys, uh, Shop, uh, or it's contributing to it. Yes. I'm teaching the staff how to observe and assess pain because they yeah. may only have a vet come in once a week. Yeah. And you can't, ideally, you should listen to the staff. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. You should be able to say, I feel this cat is painful, but- data is important. So you could say, I see this on the grimace scale, or the cat is exhibiting these. These are my observations. Cause I do in-home consults from a behavior standpoint, and I don't diagnose, but I help that client understand what pain. And once they see it, they can't unsee it. And it's, it's a beautiful, in a way, sounds sad, but I'm like, I know I'm the first person to tell you that your cat or dog is exhibiting pretty severe signs of pain but now that yeah. we've found that pain and have assessed it
1: we can we help can do something animal. about it yep. um
0: so i think that's a, a really good place to start and as far as not every clinic because i know some most of the clinics i've worked at we've had like the lasers and some mm-hmm. other tools but i know not all clinics of course have access to those things and she mentioned the ACC loop. I have six senior animals uh, and all of my animals utilize, I utilize the ECC loop along with, it's part of their multimodal pain management plan. And I'm a huge fan and it's something that is fairly, it's expensive like when you just look at it, but for how many um, treatments it provides, it's actually fairly affordable and clients can do this in home very easily. So if you're not familiar with the ECC loop, that's a tool that in GP we can use. What yep. other putting you on the spot? What <laughs> other tools? Because I know there's obviously manual therapy, there's physical yes. range of motion, and yeah, we definitely don't want someone, for example, I am not like rehab is not my specialty, right? <laughs> I'm aware of anatomy and basic exercises, and mm-hmm. I've I all I actually learned that in with my behavior life, not my vet tech. Well, they're all the same life, but you guys know Um, (laughs) because you don't want to be manipulating joints if you're not familiar with what exercises to do. But do you have any recommendations where a veterinary technician can get more comfortable with some of these basic range of motion exercises that can help their patients that they can maybe even perform in hospital or at least help the client understand to do these at home?
1: No, absolutely. I mean, you know, I teach my clients, you know, massage and range of motion. You know, it's it's a nice, like, human-animal bond. You know, they feel like they're doing something. You know, obviously, you always want to make sure that you know, they're looking for signs of discomfort. And we talk about fear free and like a considerate approach. And when we do our considerate approach, we're doing gentle touch. And it's easy to kind of take that gentle touch into a massage technique, which can be very calming, and very kind of relaxing, you know, so there are lots and lots of resources, you know, available online for, you know, for massage techniques, passive range of motion, I will tell everybody, I'll tell you too. you know, you can put my information up there my work information if anybody wants to know how to do massage and range of motion for any Love of their it. clients I will teach them personally you know i I'm will
0: taking her up on that offer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's open I mean you know it's 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 something that you know can really help but I think the biggest thing is is just making sure that you know pain is controlled first 100 you know don't go cranking on an arthritic elbow you know, without some some sort of, you know, intervention. So, you know, it, it all comes as, you know, peeling away the layers of the onion, you know, taking away the pain and then dealing with biomechanics and then the range of motion and then everything else kind of falls into place. But, um, you know, I'm, I, yeah, anybody, if anybody wants instruction on massage and range of motion, please have them reach out.
0: And I'll be sure I'll have Christy share some of her favorite resources and I will... <laughs> be sure to share them in the show notes. Yes. And another thing that technicians can easily do is help clients senior I call it seniorifying but seniorify yes. their environment. Like yes. make their their areas more accessible. If you have a 12-year-old cat, I'm going to be mm-hmm. I, they have arthritis. Like that's yeah. that is just I'm just going to I think that's a better way to think about it. Yep. And I'm gonna help that client. Where's your cat's favorite places? We need to have tiny little steps. It might be cat steps. Yep. It might be a freaking box.
1: Yeah. Lifestyle Elevate.
0: modification. Lifestyle. Ooh, that's free. lifestyle modification. <laughs> Elevate yeah. food and water. Like yes. Uh, traction. traction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> These are little things that it's as you guys can imagine. It again. It it takes it takes us like five minutes to talk about. And I, I created yeah. a handout on it because it became such a thing. And it is life changing. Like, yeah. For these Foot I,
1: care. What'd you say? Foot care. Yes. Do you know I am anally retentive about all of my patients and their feet? You know, I mean, especially, yeah, feet. Yeah. Y-
0: y- I made a face. That's what she's referring
1: to. Like, yeah, feet. Feet will not only tell you a lot, but they will cause a lot of problems. So, fluffy feet. It's like Tom Cruise sliding oh, yeah. in his socks in risky business, The extra fur, you know, the extra fur, trim that away nails, you know, nails on cats and dogs can be the difference between you walking in a pair of sneakers and walking in a pair of stilettos. I cannot especially walk in stilettos, yeah. especially I've seen any pet. You can change the breakover of their foot. You can improve lameness. You can improve comfort just by taking care of the nails and making sure that the foot sits normally and the toes aren't long. Um, You know, if you're looking at the toes, you know, looking for uneven sections of wear, you know, that'll tell you whether or not they're scuffing, knuckling, which way, whether they're, you know, they're circumventing or circumducting. Um, that'll give you an idea as to whether or not they're flexing their hip, flexing their thigh or their shoulder or their elbow Guys, just by looking at their this. feet.
0: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I do, <laughs> when it comes, I talk a lot about declawing and educate people about why we shouldn't do it. And Beasley. when you look at a declawed cat's paw, yeah. whoa, it is like, I could, they're now flat. I could see it from a, From a distance I can be like Pikachu Claude, because you see the abnormalities in their gait, but also in their Yes. So do us a favor and check your check your animals. Check your feet. feet. Now I'm gonna I check. I check their feet but it's funny because i've never thought of it in that way yeah and And just
1: remember yeah and remember the center two toes are weight-bearing and the ones on the side are support for support so you'll always see uneven wear on the like the center two toes if they're knuckling or anything so you know just look for yeah it's foot care it's biomechanics i'm gonna like hop up and (laughs) down no i i i
0: I, I wear trail shoes because i'm a trail runner and Mm -hmm. um i've recently had some issues uh and a big part it's funny because again never thought of it and this brings it up i look at my like my trainer my pt look at my shoes yeah and how i land on my foot and what what parts were off to kind of get an idea of my gait and i'm like dude how have i not applied that to pause oh my gosh yeah
1: they're like little like secret things that you know they'll they'll speak to you the body is trying to speak to you you just have to pick it up i love it Yeah, all of these, all of these things, I will say, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump the gun and be like, I have something really exciting to share. With you and anybody who's listening. That's if you're still listening and you're not like, oh my God, what did she talk about? This woman is crazy. Um, we love so, crazy here at uh,
0: Tales from about that.
1: <laughs> there is a wonderful company. They're UK based. They're run by Dr. Hannah Capon. Um, it's called Canine Arthritis Management um, or CAM for short. Yeah, yes. you know about them? Well, guess what? We are looking to bring CAM to the US. Yeah. so how you know we talk about empowering our support staff empowering our technicians how would everybody feel if hands up who wants to become a cam advocate so to have people or people's folks peeps um in your practice to say we have um arthritis specialists in our you know in our clinic so cam have come up with a cam advocate and the cam vet practitioner Um, the cam advocate is you know basically you are you are an advocate for arthritis management uh, within your practice so educating clients on what arthritis looks like how they can adapt their house to be, you know, OA friendly. You know, we're not just talking about old pets. You know, right. I've got young pets that come in. You know, there's seven and a half month old, you know, Labradors that, you know, have. FCPs in their elbows, and their elbows are trashed, and they're seven months old. You know, so we know that they have arthritis already. You know, so being an osteoarthritis-friendly practice is what we, you know, hand in hand. Yeah, I just see Tappy's oh, eyes. sorry, I'm really, really excited. Large. I'm
0: making a really happy, <laughs> excited face because I, I. When is this coming? It's I, obviously it's a process. It's oh, it's here it's, already.
1: It's here. It's getting the word out. It's getting the word out. So if you go to caninearth- caninearthritis.co.uk, um, we are looking to make maybe a different domain, a domain name potentially for, you know, for US. Cause everybody, you know, anybody thinks, you know, .co.uk, ah, it's UK based, blah, blah, blah. No, it's world-based. They did a, um, they did three practices in New Zealand over the last three months. Amazing. And they are, their are vet practitioners and you know the vet practitioners it's it's for the it's for the practice you know so it's how not only do you get your advocacy so you're talking about how to advocate for the voiceless OA patient you know, you're also saying we are an osteoarthritis friendly practice. So we have traction in all of the places where our patients need them, you know, we're not going to put our dogs up on tables, we're going to examine them on the floor, you know, we're going to have special beds to help protect all their bony bits and creaky bits, you know, we are going to be proactive, you know, for our osteoarthritis clients. And also, it gives the practice the, uh, like a a plethora of resources that they can point their clients in the direction on how to manage their own patient at home you know cam has absolutely amazing resources both for not just for veterinary practices but also for owners you know beautiful um handouts you know webinars they're doing an email series where you know you can sign up and you get like little tips and tricks webinars podcasts on how to help with osteoarthritis you know both at home and in the clinic to go inside you know with pet pain month we're also doing um the big walk so yeah yeah, the big walk is awesome you know for all of the for us in um where we are at the moment in um in at bscr all of the dogs that walk on our underwater treadmill, we're logging their miles oh, and we're, we're adding it to our big walk. So all of our patients are actually participating in the big walk this year. And um, it's it's great. It You know, a body in motion stays in motion. You know, a very special brand of human medicine put that, you know, out into the market. And it's true.
0: I feel you, that way. I was just yeah. telling Kirstie, that I do an hour <laughs> of stretches and strength training because every day... Because I want to be able to run and move and be as healthy as I possibly can. Because if you don't move it, it's like cognitive. You know, you lose it. Yes. So I, I definitely yes. agree with our, our. Because I think sometimes, especially caregivers, I think they think obviously they do the whole age as a disease process. Like my dog yes. or cat is just older. They sleep more, which that is not, not the excuse. case. Nope. Uh, and that's where we should educate. <laughs> that's a huge, yes. it's a huge misconception. But also. Yes. If your animal is, let's say, recovering from a cruciate or, or another surgery where they need to be on rest, there's mm-hmm. a lot of ways for us to, like, range of motion, there's a lot of ways for us to continue to move those joints and yes. help that animal heal mm-hmm. um, as they are getting better and then working up to those walks. Now, a walk might look different than a walk you're thinking. Yes you know it's it's just because i work with a lot of dogs who are triggered by a lot of things outside yes so we might do a decompression walk or a scent walk where we go to yeah. a park where there's minimal people we specifically find it and they're on a long lead because leads are important Yes, as a trainer and a bat tech i have seen too many yes. things happen i don't care if your dog knows a recall they should be on a leash anyway yes um, and not
1: something that looks like a bungee cord either
0: yeah she oh yeah those things are probably rough on the joints but anyways um and we just you just let them walk and sniff whatever they want and it's movement and they're sniffing it's great enrichment. And, yep. Oh, on that note, I'm just now I'm being curious. What are your favorite harnesses? For
1: oh, loaded question.
0: I know. Sorry, I'm
1: it. You know what? I'm going to come back to that. You know, it all comes down to biomechanics. You know, <laughs> and
0: individual. Yeah, it's
1: individual, and there is. I mean, there are lots of great harnesses out there, but what they shouldn't do is restrict shoulder range of motion. You know, if you've got something that has a strap that rubs on the bicep tendon, then big fat no no. Yeah. So a harness should fit that body type. It should not impede joint rate, forward joint range of motion. Those would be my two big ones. No, that's perfect. So you know, do your research. Do your research. Look at look at what body type your dog has, and then you know, look at some of the some of the different harnesses that are out there you know if your dog is very chest heavy then one of these kind of over the head under the two strap ones is probably not the best idea because it's going to sit right right over the you know right over the neck but it should keep the shoulders completely free um, from range of motion and avoid any kind of cervical restriction
0: and this is another thing technicians can do Yes. Your clients, because again, I didn't get into this until I got into behavior, but a lot of people don't know about mm-hmm. harnesses and leashes and how much yes. obviously they make a big difference. And yes. we definitely don't want, of course, a prong collar or something yep. that's restricting their their causing trauma to the trachea or the throat at all. And mm-hmm. that's just not good for their anatomy at all um, or their mental health for that matter. But Harness fitting too. I mean, there's mm-hmm. guys I've learned much about harness fitting. I, it's something I never thought I would say, <laughs> um, but it is yep. a very real thing. And this is something yep. that technicians can help. Cause if that dog's walking every day on a mm-hmm. harness, that's causing, like you mentioned, the, those minimizing shoulder movement and we can actually, the caregiver can accidentally cause issues.
1: Yeah. Um, and we can, we can, correct that by saying, Hey, let's shorten okay. this strap. Let's tighten up this strap. You know, this isn't working, you know, maybe you should try this type of harness that has this type of construction, you know? So, um, you know, and obviously, you know, there are harnesses out there that do help us, you know, lift, you secure. Yeah. Again, there's so
0: many tools out there. The cool thing is yes. as our one good thing is there's a lot more accessibility to resources and products. Yes, for caregivers that they can use to help keep their animals more comfortable. Like you mentioned these yes. with our, like a dog with some degenerative myopathy or, or some other issues. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things out there that a lot of clients don't know about. And yep. we can really help them by again, education, education, education. Absolutely.
1: And I think, you know, the, the cam advocate and the cam vet practitioner, you know, getting we, I, I asked a bunch of um, I asked a bunch of questions at Fetch and on my and I to the veterinarians and I said I you bet. know how long does it take you you know if you have say a new client that's relocated comes in dog has arthritis you know you have a set amount of time how much of that time is taken up with constructive conversation about things that they can do to help alleviate and not just throw meds at it. And they were all, they, you know, they all agreed that they have a very, very short space of time. And I'm like, how great would it be to have the client, you know, say, yes, your dog has arthritis, we're going to set you up um, for an appointment with our CAM advocate, you know, to come in, you know, at, at a time, you know, what is convenient. And we're going to introduce you to a bunch of resources on how to adapt around you know the changing needs of your pet you know whether it be cat or dog you know even though it's you know canine arthritis management you know we deal arthritis is arthritis whether it's cats dogs parrots budgies rabbits (laughs) I mean you know it's adaptability it's becoming that it's becoming adaptability you know so we don't just take that Oh, it's just getting old, and it's arthritis. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, I'm empowering our technical staff to be able to have those discussions with our patients. You know, take the onus off of our veterinarians and empower you know our vet techs and our assistants. You know, to have like these OA clinics where you know clients can have like this touch base with you know with with a you know with a lead technician or with you know with a technician or. An entire group, it could be a technician and a couple of assistants and a CSR, you know, oh, you know, Mrs. Smith is calling up about, you know, Fluffy's, you know, advocate appointment. Oh, I'm going to pass you over to Tabby. She's going to make the appointment because she works with the, you know, with the advocate calendar. You know, right there and then you've got like, you know, CSR assistant, you know, who loads the appointment, and then the technician that goes in and starts to, you know, to help adapt and help bring around these changes to, you know, to an OA household. So I think it's going to be huge. Oh, I'm so um, excited. I'm going to check this out after. Yeah. We got- <laughs> I want it to be, I want it to be huge. You know, it's, we're very proud of all of the things that we offer. Like, you know, we're fear-free, we're a feline-only practice. You know, it's another thing that will, I want to take my animal to a pet, to a doctor who gives a damn about who I'm bringing in. Yep. And, (laughs) you know, someone who, you know, I don't want that, I don't like that conveyor belt medicine that we see so often, you know, where they're just in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out. What do you mean I can make an appointment with someone who is an arthritis advocate? What does that mean? You know, it's like coming in and seeing a nurse practitioner and talking to them and you're not, you can take time to discuss, you know, I um, mean, nurse it, practitioner. yeah, I'd
0: rather see a nurse practitioner. No, me doctor. too. For my they, personal health, guys, it's my no, experience. No,
1: absolutely. But they take time. You know, you go in, you speak to a doctor, you barely say, what? And they're like, "Here's a script. Thanks for coming by." Yeah. The critical and you're thinking out the door. part,
0: yeah. I'm like, we need the critical thinking part and uh, some of the other parts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I love my personally. I have an NP and not a GP. Yeah. Um, but which all of us should go get exams and take care of ourselves. You matter absolutely. Because um, I know going to the doctor sucks, but you guys, I have yes. so many doctors right now, and uh, <laughs> I have a chiropractor. Well, it's funny. I have, so interestingly enough. I dislocated my hip at 13. Uh, Oh, long story short, something really Mm -hmm. traumatic happened to me when I was five. And that was probably leading up to because a 13 year old should not dislocate their hip. Uh, But uh, that happened and I had surgery and it makes me sick to my stomach now. But literally, guys, they just like put a pin in my hip and I was on crutches for six months and that's that. And now I've always had hip issues. And now I'm 38 and a w- much more aware of my body. And uh, I have pretty severe issues from not getting rehab <laughs> or treated <laughs> appropriately. And yep. those are going to be with me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm making it work. Like I see a chiropractor, I see a physical therapist, I see a psychiatrist for the mental part. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because, you know, it's like, I'm very able bodied, and I'm very thankful for that. But sometimes I'm just like, you know, I've learned to accept that I'm, there's going to be pain in certain areas and that mm. I have to do an hour of stretches again, very thankful for where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But, um, it, like you said, it hurts. Sometimes it, it does go in my brain. Like I wish I wish, and medicine was probably different when I was 13. Like, yeah, I know, I mean, I know that wouldn't happen now. Yeah, uh, but, but, I'm fucked now for the rest of <laughs> my body is misaligned for the, for the rest of my life. So I think, and obviously as a veterinary professional and a trainer, we, we think of animals the same as we think of humans. So <laughs> when I see an animal get a cruciate surgery and they're given tramadol, I don't want to trigger Kirstie. Uh, <laughs>
1: it's eye twitching.
0: I know. Sorry. They're given tramadol and the client is set. <clears throat> they tell the client to rest the dog. They don't talk about like teaching like clicker training, a touch behavior, this is what I would do, or giving enrichment items. There's a lot of enrichment that we could provide without the animal moving, set work, yep. Snuffle mats. they just say quiet and then they might give trazodone, I'm triggered now.
1: Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of eye twitching now. <laughs> I know,
0: because uh, that happens a lot and I'm like, they re-destroy their, we are just setting them up to fail and I'm, I'm sure that that that's, again, we're getting away from that in the, the mm. human field and the vet field, but I'm extra sensitive to it because- you know, we love our pets and we see it. I'm sure you guys have seen it happen where a dog has a very severe surgery or a cat. And then no one talks about multimodal therapy or physical rehab. And, and mm-hmm. it's so, you don't have to be obsessed with it. Of course not. It's not everyone's thing, but you do, but no, you, well, do. <laughs> no, you well, do. You have to be but pain management. <laughs> I mean, which is essentially rehab. She's not wrong. Pain <laughs> management, that's not a specialty. That is our job. Like, yeah, that is our advocating for our patients and yeah. providing pain management. And this is a rough question. But I have to ask it because when I I lecture a lot about cat pain, mm. um, because a lot of the signs that are out there are behavioral. And mm. as a behavior cat tech, I have learned a lot. Like I we joke that the pain signs are subtle. I think cats scream at us, but they do. so do you, but we are very aware of, of that stuff. And mm-hmm. I've lectured a few times. And again, this is really common in shelter med, which is why I highly recommend learning about what pain looks like using the grimace scale and some of these other tools that Christy mm-hmm. mentioned, and then sharing that, those observations with the vet, because that is very helpful versus even though you saying, I feel this cat is painful is important. It's valid. You should be validated, but having that, yeah. Data, data, yes, and those observations. Uh, yep. Taking videos of the animal, like I have yes. a client, every every vet visit, every client consists of one to three, usually two to three videos of their cat and dog acting normal. And this means, by the the, the humans or the caregiver standpoint, I yep. want to see their gait. I want yep. to see them eating and playing, and share this with your vet. Um, but in the cases where I've had a few veterinary professionals who are doing their best, they're attending CE, they're learning more, and they have, this is a hard thing to say, but I'm sure there's people out there, especially in shelter med, I hear this a lot, but also in vet med, their veterinarians may be older, and they've Mm. literally said, it's really hard for my vet to, some some have told me that their vet doesn't use pain meds because they think the animals should feel pain, so they don't hurt them, really dark, outdated stuff, um, and obviously bless these animal professionals who are trying to advocate for these patients. Ugh. I know I'm sorry, but it's real. <laughs> what would you recommend? I love CAM because there's so, again, more resources, the more observations, because this yeah. is about my opinion. This is fact. This is what we're seeing. It's... This indicates pain. But what else could you re- recommend for these amazing animal professionals who might be working with a practitioner that may not be as open-minded or understand the severity of pain management? Uh, to the extent that it should be taken, I guess. Wow, loaded question. Did, did, did. That's a
1: that's a really crappy question. Oh, now I feel bad. It's loaded. It's like lo- you know what you want to be very <laughs> want to be very PC about this. No, one hundred percent. Um, I think if you're if you're in that situation, you know, any education is education. Any like you say, data is valid. I think if you can back that comment up with what vets like more than anything is research. Vets love their research. So, you know, if it comes down to, if it comes down to someone saying, you know, any of those things, you know, forewarned is forearmed, you know, make a presentation you know, go to them and say, hey, you know, could I take 10 minutes of your time? There's something that I've learned that I think would benefit, you know, the situation that we're in. I have a presentation for you. Give them the presentation. You don't even have to give the presentation yourself. Record yourself giving the presentation, you know, outline, be brief. Nobody wants death by PowerPoint, but outline your goals, outline the benefits. And then list the clinical data, like what is out there for them to research and say, look, there is a white paper on pain management, you know, the Feline Grimace Scale has, you know, all of these clinical papers that prove that it is statistically valid. And how, you know, how can we implement that, you know, would you be willing to work with us to implement this? So, you know, there's, there's ways and means of Approaching certain situations correctly,
0: hundred percent. You're getting it, and
1: you know to go with someone and say, "I think this cat is in pain. What you're going to do about it?" Poof. Right. You know, be the person that shows that you have thought about this. You're not just going to them. You know, I used to work with a wonderful. You know, I used to work at Red Bank Veterinary Hospital uh, for many years, and you know, one of the first. <laughs> one of the first staff meetings that I ever came to my boss, my big boss came into us all. And at the end, he's like, look, he's like, don't come to me with a problem. Come to me with a solution.
0: Hundred percent.
1: And I looked at him and I felt like saying, well, if I had the solution, I wouldn't have a problem. Duh. <laughs> and you know, the more, the more I like the, the older I get and the more I reflect, I'm like, you know what? Yes you know, you see a problem, don't just go to someone with that problem, go to them with a solution on how to fix the problem, but be, di- be diplomatic.
0: And this cam option
1: yes, is, is a wonderful yes.
0: way to, yes. to do this. And then, cause again, I, yes. I was joking with Christy before the podcast, but real talk, I sell behavior. Yeah. Um, I sell people recognizing the importance of, body language and behavior in that matter, yeah. how important it is. And it's a weird way to think of it, but it, it's, it's true. We have to show the value in it and yeah. help them understand through shaping like small steps. Yes. Not, it's
1: not huge, big changes. Right. We're not trying to repaint the world. This we're going to shut is- them down if we do that, unfortunately.
0: yeah. <laughs> Even though I know all of you are passionate and I freaking love it, keep it, use it. I've learned how to contain my passion and
1: Put it out in a healthy way. No, yeah, but know your audience. You know, those of us that are in, those of us that have been in veterinary medicine, have like especially because we work with who we work with. You Mm -hmm. know, we know how they operate. We know, you know, and say, you know, this is. And again, it's it's how you parcel the information. Some people just want the information in front of them, and they'll say yes or no. You know. Smaller practices don't have so many levels of people that they have to go up and through, you know, so you have to know your target audience, like know who you're speaking to, and then know how to pass off that information so that it is that it's taken on board and someone who can make the change goes, you know what, that is a killer idea. I I love the idea
0: of recording yourself. Just do a quick five to 10 minute thing. And then yeah, giving it to them. Cause you yeah. guys, you could upload it to YouTube for free unlisted and yeah. then share the link. And then yeah. we understand you're busy. I respect yeah. your time. Yeah. Can you just watch this five minute video? And yeah. that's a really great way. I told a lot of technicians, grab some research papers and they, they're just lay them casually on the lunch table. Yeah. Uh, like things, there's little things that we can do to plant very positive seeds and get the conversation yeah. Yep. started or even you telling even you advocating to your clients about pain i say this all the yep. time the more i advocate about behavior the more they are the clients are expecting something yeah from all of vet med like yep. you're not going to traditionally manhandle my animal and it's yep. not a rude thing it's just this is where we're going and i'm giving those i'm giving caregivers and veterinary professionals shelter professionals tools on how yes. to advocate for their animal. And then you yep. guys, pain management will just be like a normal thing. We all do really well. Oh. Yeah. That uh, not arthri- <laughs> that
1: arthritis management.
0: Yes. You arthritis know, arthritis is such a I it's
1: mean, huge. it's a very
0: obviously a lot of our animals struggle with it. And they do humans can. I mean, I always say, because you guys, I can't tell you how much I notice pain, especially in my cat behavior cases. And the client always says, but they still jump. Yeah, I, and what I've learned to say, I'm a big analogy person because I love humans, but we're all about ourselves. Yeah. I'll say <laughs> my knees are shit, but I'm a trail runner. Yeah, and then they're like, and I'm like, you can't tell that I'm in pain. Yeah, and that, and and it's the same thing with anxiety. I bring it up all the time, and I'm like, my mom's awesome, but I have a fuckload of anxiety. So, <laughs> and every time that it 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 it, ca- it causes the client to loosen a little bit. Yep. they're like, I have anxiety too. To you. Yeah. Everybody does. It's a. Everybody thing. does. Yeah. Or I deal I'm like, if you have chronic pain every day, it makes your life harder. Like yeah. from a cat's perspective or dog's perspective. Yeah. And unfortunately, I have a lot of clients who have chronic pain. And yeah. once I say that, I have buy-in. Yeah. It was one sentence and I have full fucking buy-in now. Yep. So I think
1: you have the to way make we- it relatable
0: exactly communicate with our clients in a kind way yeah. they're not maliciously not using pain meds no they might not know what <laughs> they they might not know again these are things I started we've learned a lot in our time uh and I used to words. say yeah avoid the clients, big yes, words nobody to wants like to
1: speak. Yes. Like, if, if you were them sitting there and you needed to explain osteoarthritis and synovitis and joint yeah. inflammation and, you know, the role of white blood cells and leukocytes yeah. and, you know, all of the substance P inflammatory soup and like psych- and they're just like, and you can see them switch off. Yeah. So, eyes. yeah, I like, don't, yeah, we know what we're talking about. They don't so again know your audience and parcel the information you know in in that respect I and- that, with
0: a little bow you need to make stickers yes. like partial the information with a little i want that sticker now
1: <laughs> let's do it it can be the we get Shit done sticker which- <laughs>
0: <laughs> we were talking prior to the podcast starting for context I love, you guys know, I love all my colleagues and friends out there. I think the <laughs> veterinary and shelter community and the behavior world is a beautiful fucking place, even though there's some rough stuff. And I was joking that I know so many amazing veterinary professionals, including Kirsty, that we, I call this the, we, we're the, we get shit done kind of people. And all of the, we, we get shit done kind of people found each other. So we're doing amazing things on a bigger level together. So we joke that we might call this podcast episode we get shit
1: done. We get shit done. <laughs>
0: but that's but, what's up. We get shit but done. Yeah,
1: we do get shit done. <laughs> but no, yeah, but know your audience, know how to parcel the information that will that they take that little parcel of information from you, thank you, and then you use that information. And you know, it can be easy as, you know, like handouts tips and ideas you know you don't want someone to come in say you're doing your cam advocate it's your first appointment you're super excited because it's cam advocate yes. and you're just like I've got all of these leaflets and these brochures And you want to do this and you want to do this and don't do that and then you and then you want to make, make sure you use this bed don't use this and and the yeah. owner's just like what the absolute you know <laughs> so you know Tell them, you know, for this appointment, what we're going to talk about is, you know, signs of pain and discomfort in your dog or your cat. And that's all you're going to talk about with them. You know, there's a great, you know, feline grimace scale can be done at home. You know, there's the canine brief pain index is is something that, you know, you can give to your clients. And, you know, we have them fill it out, you know, for nearly every rehab visit when they come in, because it's it's a subjective questionnaire that the owners fill in. not got nothing to do with me you know i want to know how they've been over the last week you know and a cbpi will tell me that you know how you know on a scale of one to ten have they been able to jump in and out of the car one being no ten being you know absolutely without difficulty or are we somewhere in between you know and it gives me you know it gives us all like an objectionable kind of look at how things have been going over the last week so you know using tools like that you know in the home you know and once a week you know put up you know Put it on your phone, I don't know, do something with it, get a calendar and, you know, say, hey, today is brief pain index day. I'm going to fill out my questionnaire and I'm going to put in, you know, my number, like tot up my numbers and there's my number, you know, and then you go to your, you know, your next CAM advocate meeting and you say, you know, over the last, say it's every month, you know, once things get settled, you know, you've got your CBPI and you're like, hey, you know, my CBPI is getting better statistical data you know, so, you know, things I'm doing at home are working, you know, what else can I do? You get more buy-in and the
0: client recognizes like how valuable the sources are. No,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And there are so many resources and you don't want to dump that in their lap in one sitting. They need small little digestible bits and, you know, if you're talking about, I mean, interestingly, for like, as far as pain management goes, there's a new device um, called PainTrace. Um, I don't have you, you've heard of it, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. And it's by a company called Biotraceit. And it's like two little EKG leads that fit just either side of the axilla with a little wireless monitor. And all of the um, data gets sent to the program on an iPad or a mobile device. And it's a biofeedback system. So, you know, we hook it up to our patients when they come into the clinic, when they just walk around, I like them to just walk, because, you know, their stress levels come down, you know, everything kind of, you know, we've got pheromone, fairies spritzing, just about everything everywhere. And, you know, it kind of brings down their stress levels. And, you know, you start to see, you know, like when they're bending their neck, you know, is there a spike in like chronic pain or acute pain, you know, are they starting to have difficulty when they sit down? And then we can run it as we're going through our, um, you know, like our palpation, and we can see, even though if the animal isn't exhibiting any signs of pain, the biofeedback system is going to give us indications of discomfort. Then we're going to do our treatments, recommend our therapies, what have you, and then we'll take another baseline, like the following week, to see if that. So if you ever want to. Give a client like here, look. This is a biofeedback printout of what we did to your pet today, and you see these peaks. This is when yeah. I did this. This is when I did that. So you know, to visually see it as well, and not just be sold a bunch of you know, oh, they're just trying to make money out of me kind of thing. You know, the the bio tracer or the pain trace really, really is has been super helpful for us, and. Um, i recommend that everybody takes a look at their website love it love it
0: because i know that's a newer thing that i it have definitely looking into Yeah, um, and i know that they are currently doing like if you reach out to them they'll do the lunch and learn at your clinic and things absolutely like that. so you can learn more about the product and yeah get more comfortable with it yeah. and i know we talked about the camp which is so i'm so excited about this yeah me too everyone <laughs> should check it out but <laughs> yes, please Mm. Of course, everyone's going to love rehab if they already didn't after listening to this episode. So <laughs> for technicians or animal caregivers who are interested in becoming better educated in rehab, of course, Cam, but are there, are there like some favorite books that you have? Oh, she's so funny. She's, <laughs> she's rocking her, her sweatshirt. She's holding it up and she start. <laughs> what resources would you recommend like a favorite book or a favorite website besides cam because it's amazing and ivapm which is international veterinary association of pain practitioners which is also or pain management that's also awesome Um, that is awesome but what other resources are your faves
1: my faves well i have to say you know i've been added I'm super humbled and super proud to say that I've been added as faculty to the new Northeast Seminars and NC State um, rehab program. I'm going to be one of the faculty teaching, which is mind-blowing i'm the first technician to be part of the program in woo, 20 woo. years so um so um yeah that'll be for the news c- and funny enough it's the ccat program so it's the cat program which yes
0: yes love it. i love it so much
1: so if anybody is interested in um becoming certified in rehab then you need to go to ncs you vet ce.com um and i'm sure that you know tabby and i will put a bunch of like links and clicks oh, and god knows sure, what sure. else all over the place um that. that's the brand new program um to become a certified uh companion animal therapist
0: and is this in person only uh
1: no it's uh it's online um so there's a, the first two modules are, like i think the first two modules are online and then Amazing. it's uh a bunch of hands on, fun, friendly, fab stuff with some fab, um, fab teachers um, at a fab, fab, fab facility. <laughs> um, and then case studies, clinical, practical, and, and an exam. And, you know, let your rehab freak frag fry. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. <laughs> so, yes, like, please, you know. It, there are so many things you know veterinary technicians veterinary nurses whatever you want to call us I do wish we could agree on like one thing (laughs) Um, but that's a whole different topic of conversation you know you make the investment in yourself a hundred you know and you know take that investment with you wherever you go and you know do what do what makes your brain happy and rehab pay management arthritis management. I have a big passion for the old and creaky. You know, I've got my colleagues that work on the sports med side of things. And then, you know, I've got others that like the post-op side of things. And for me, it's the old and creaky, you know, it's one thing to get a TPLO back to work, but it's another thing for a 12 year old dog to suddenly decide to get up and play with its ball. That's why we
0: do this. I mean, we all, we all can relate. Cause again, I always joke that I love hate relationship with my career choices. Uh, <laughs> but the amount of reinforcement I get totally, whether it's, you know, an aggressive dog being comfortable with strangers or yeah. a senior cat, I can't tell you how many cases I'm going to cry, how many <laughs> cases I have had for I was hired uh, due to the main concern was aggressive behavior. Mm. And again, I want to make a shirt that says TMTMTM, TM, TM, by the way, Uh, no, there are no aggressive cats or there are no grumpy cats. There's only painful cats. Yeah. Uh, And obviously that's a generalization, but it's a shirt guys. Okay. Yeah. Uh, But I can't tell you how many, like, seriously, it makes me tear up a little bit. Once we, of course there's B mod and other things, environmental changes involved, Mm -hmm. uh, teaching the client body language pain. But when we started a pain management plan, like it, these cats, it's, it's, and these clients, this. This cat is not exhibiting aggressive behavior anymore. It's and I've worked with dogs like that. It's just with cats I see it. Woo! I probably see it at least once a month. Yeah. Um so remember, guys, there's no grumpy cats. Yeah. There is only painful cats. And yeah. age is not a disease. Nope. And all the other beautiful, oh my gosh, you're like a beautiful wisdom book. Um an <laughs> old dusty wisdom book. I'm about it. I am about Sitting on the it. top shelf. <laughs> Represent that dust girl. Come here. <laughs> Be proud of that dust. You're smart as hell. And uh, you're, again, you're, obviously, you're very well educated, but your experiences. Allegedly. Have, <laughs> your experiences in vet med, I mean, again, I feel like you could write a whole book about life lessons, uh, because I <laughs> I even learned some today. Um, Feet so man. to end the podcast, we're definitely mm. going to have Christy back, because, oh, thank oh you. my gosh, there's so many things we could talk about. Yes. Um, and thank you so much for being here and congratulations Uh, on your new job. Thank you. Um, I'm so proud of you and you're amazing. Uh, 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 But what uh, is something, so I always like to ask my guests as a last question, what is something that makes you happy? It can be, I know we talked about a lot of things that make us happy. Uh, it could be that like today it's in Ohio, it's rainy and the humidity is mild and I'm going to go for. My, I'm gonna try to go for my longest run today since my ankle injury. So everyone, wish me luck. That's what makes me happy today. But what makes you happy?
1: What makes me happy? (laughs) Goodness. I know Um, we really think
0: about it. We're like, hmm.
1: My cats make me happy. Um, I adopted. What are your cats' names? Um, Dennis the Manis. Oh, I love. And Rock Lobster. Oh
0: my! How have I not probably seen your cats online? Uh Also,
1: yeah, you haven't not yet. Oh. So Dennis, wow. <laughs> Dennis Dennis is a a swimmer kitten that um I rehabbed and then um, adopted. So he has front leg issues and he's about a year and a half now and about 3 months ago we adopted Rock Lobster and he's a syndactyl. Oh. So he only has and he's ginger yeah. so Um, He only has two toes on his left front leg, so I have front leg handy capable cats. Oh, I love it. Um, They keep me on my toes. Um, I collect Lego. Mm.
0: Oh, I did not know that.
1: Yeah, I like the the Lego ideas and Lego Star Wars. I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. Um, I go to Comic-Con. I'm going to New York Comic Con in uh, October. I haven't
0: been to a Comic Con in a minute. They're so fun, you guys. I,
1: they're so much fun. I'm a huge Doctor Who fan, so I have three pictures. I have a picture of me with David Tennant, Matt Smith, and David Peter Tennant! Capaldi. David Tennant, I'm so David jealous. Tennant. He's so um, dreamy, you guys. He's a big Peter, deal. K- Peter Capaldi. I have a little Lego Tardis, and I have a picture on all of like on the end of my <laughs> on the end of my lectures. There's me, Matt Smith, Lego Tardis, and Lego Matt Smith. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. Like, that's Stop amazing. Done. So, and I. Who's make... your favorite Doctor Who? Oh no! Sorry, uh, sorry. Okay, never no, mind. Fair. I want my. You know what, Tom Baker, because Tom Baker is okay. my first. Is my first Doctor. So fair you enough. always love your first okay. Doctor. So um I have a Tom Baker scarf. Um, and I make chainmail jewelry because you know.
0: Oh my god, I love it. we I didn't little... know that about you. See,
1: there you go. things you didn't know about me I'm a complete nerd I'm a geek I'm a nerd and I let my freak freak flag fly.
0: I love it so much. Well, thank you so much for being here, Kirsty.
1: Oh, my pleasure. And thank you. You are absolutely amazing.
0: See, we all support each other. It's this beautiful thing. You guys, we actually are genuine and like each other. (laughs) Yay. We should be feeling everyone should be spreading this kind of energy in uh, their workplace, Um, even though I know it can be hard sometimes. But again, I am just... Christy just filled me with so much joy. And again, it reminds me of how much I love my amazing colleagues in my field. And it's just like a beautiful thing.
1: Thanks, Christy. Ditto, mama. Ditto. Thank you, love.
0: What a wonderful episode, especially for September pain awareness month. Be sure to check out CAM, Canine Arthritis Management. I can't thank Christy enough for sharing her amazing education and wisdom with us today so thank you guys so much for listening i also wanted to mention that i am running in the 2022 not one more vet race around the world and this is a fundraiser for not one more vet and i would appreciate you sharing not one more vet but also if you can donating to help support not one more vet You can find it under Tales from a Vet Tech. As you guys probably know, this is an issue really close to my heart as someone who personally struggles with mental health issues and have seen it affect so many of my colleagues and friends, I'm a huge fan of Not One More Vet and this race because it helps to bring attention to subjects such as self-harm, depression, and suicide by starting the conversation and sharing, you are not alone. Their mission is to push back against the stigma that surrounds mental health with positive awareness the more we talk about it the more people we get the help they need when they need it so please check out not one more vet and if you can i would appreciate if you're a listener and you love the show i would appreciate you donating to my fundraiser for not one more vet as i race around the world and thank you guys so much for listening